Welcome to the Three Thirds Rank, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 44 and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well, very well. I returned to live football since we last spoke. Yes. On, uh, on Monday, I went, I went to the big one, the Mid-Cheshire Derby, Macclesfield Town at home against Congleton. Oh, Congleton? Yeah. Wow, they're known as a rowdy bunch. Upwards of 3,000 in attendance at the Moss Rose. I heard Congleton Congleton fans have a worse reputation than the Millwall fans. Well, yeah. Well, now now you've brought it up. The organic Millwall fans. (laughs) Have you... uh, Is that the last time Macclesfield have played? Yeah, yeah, it was Monday. Because have you not seen the Instagram footage? Well, yeah, I'm assuming Ross is behind the news. Robbie Savage breaking up the fights in the stands. So, oh. when was yo, no. yeah, yeah, you, you were jesting, but you oh, I, I, yeah, here, Rob, uh, Rob. <laughs> the Congleton Ultras, mate. You want to stay clear? Oh wow, a nice family man like yourself, eat you alive. They would. I mean, our football team's just moved to the East Cheshire League, so I'm hoping none of them boys come up and so, do anything on a Sunday. I can give you the inside story. I was there. Yeah. I, was, I was. I was three third mank, one third scouts. man on the ground. You could have had. I mean, if you were right next to Robbie Savage with a t-shirt on when it's going viral. I mean, that what? Oh, of course, I should have worn my t-shirt, shouldn't I? And they were filming. So BBC are doing like a like a sort of one of those sulphur docs about Macclesfield Town. Uh, why? Out of interest. Restarted. They're now in Northwest Counties Division Two, and they've been taken over by, well, they've been taken over by someone who is who employs Robbie Savage. Yeah, and it's all a bit of a mess actually. But the kind of the the story is the sort of rebirth of Macclesfield Town. Robbie Savage is there, uh, desperate for as much coverage as he can get. Puts himself front and center. Very much a poor man's very devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The whole thing. A hotel's got a caravan park, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And Mac Town fans aren't that happy with Robbie Savage. And they, you know, he quite clearly sort of does everything to try and make himself look like he's Mr. I'm saving you club, I'm a great guy. In fact, this whole thing is actually a business. And um it is sort of to get kids to sort of pay to get trained by them. Um but in amongst it, um Savage is keen to get himself on camera, sort of you know he's so sort of agitated on the on the sidelines while always making sure the camera's on him. But the the big controversy, Ross, was yeah. that un, unsegregated fans. Yeah. So you're asking for trouble. Well, I did think that. I thought they were just Macclesfield Town fans that were just angry at. No, unsegregated fans. There was no police at the ground. Oh no. And they that's had. A, that's a cost. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, did anyone think Macclesfield and Congleton would kick off? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know who. who but I think they were. They did know it was going to be quite a packed crowd because it was such a low. It was sort of been built up as a bank holiday local derby, so they knew there was going to be a lot of people there. Right. So I think. They, it, so I think it, what they were doing it on the cheap to not have proper security, and the stewards were. I mean, the stewards were. I would say a bunch of teenagers getting paid ten pound an hour who had no interest in being heroes jumping in to break up a fight. So there's a lot of just st- standing around watching. 
about an hour in, the Congleton fans whipped out some flares, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> the match nearly had to be stopped because there was smoke everywhere. And in amongst all of it was some Port Vale fans. Oh. So, Congleton... The rowdy Port Valers. God, this is... Yeah. This is adding had fuel been... to the fire, isn't it? Yeah. The Mactown fans, the Congleton fans, and now the Vale have come over. Christ. Congleton Ultras, I was referring to them as earlier. Yeah. Um, Did it get lost, the Port Vale fans? So, Congleton's star striker is a guy, and he's called Tom Pope, who used to play for Port Vale. He used to play for Berry. Yeah, that, yeah, one of the same guy. And basically, I think he sort of broke his arm or something. Anyway, his contract ended at Port Vale. He never had a testimonial. So I think they were kind of treating it as a bit of an unofficial <laughs> testimonial. Um, yeah, so... And it's, then, it's got stories within stories, this story, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, they could have done the documentary just on this match. You don't need to follow Matt Town for a whole month. <laughs> Layers. The D yeah, D. It's the episode by yeah. itself. Yeah. And yeah, and then about the 85th minute, it really kicked off. You could just watch see people throwing punches at each other. And then Robbie Savage wandered over to break it up, um, making sure the camera was behind him at all times. <laughs> and to be fair to him, he did get right amongst it because I thought I thought he's he's definitely going to end up getting punched here. And uh, you know, people were like throwing cans at each other. Oh, this was the other thing. So I'd gone to get a drink from the kiosk next to where where it all kicked off early right at the start. And they had these two the, the queue was massive. But so you can drink while you watch because it's that such a low level of football, you can drink while you're watching the game. And um they were it was going down really slowly and everyone was moaning at them. And that's because they were pouring the cans into plastic cups and it was and, and everyone was getting really annoyed. So then eventually they just sacked it off and just like gave you the cans. Oh, fast forward 80 minutes, cans are getting lobbed at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, just occasionally someone would come out of this melee, blood pouring from them. Eventually they calmed down enough and police turned up. And they ended up finishing. And Congleton, who were one 0 down, they just left the pitch. They wanted to call the whole match off. Oh, they all they could get away with a get away with a draw or a replay or something. Wow, absolute. But eventually, yeah. they managed to finish the I match. Mean- didn't I mean what? Robbie Savage was was he not was he not in his Adidas tracksuit bottoms? I mean he didn't look a man. Yeah, he was, was. Yeah, yeah, he was a, tra- yeah. a director of a director of football or a director of anything at, at Mac Town. He looked like he was trying to fit in very well with the old ultras. And, and he kept coming over to shout at the linesman. He was very <laughs> agitated about the whole thing. Show his passion and show his well, yeah. I did see some stuff with Macclesfield Town and Robbie Savage on Twitter. But I was like, what is this? I'm not interested in this. So I paid no attention to it because I was like, I'm not interested in what Robbie Savage is doing. And I'm even less interested in what Mac Town are doing. Well, this documentary is supposed to be coming out in, November, in the November international break. So, yeah, you'll be able to see it all then. I mean, if you look hard enough, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to see Chris Sutton launching them cans from wherever. Uh... <laughs> well, I, um, I, when we, we, so at the end, we walked sort of. Over to like there's a there's like a sort of bar section, the like a sort of proper like pubby type section in the ground to have a, another drink, and um, 
I overheard a policeman what, and he was just chatting to a student and he, I just overheard him saying, whose idea was it not to segregate them? <laughs> there is going to be quite the inquiry into this, isn't there? <laughs> but if, if Robbie Savage, if that's not a big enough name for you, uh, Ross, yeah, guess who else was at the ground? Uh, Matt Paul Towns. Matt, uh, no, that is not a terrible guess. <laughs> I mean, the more the funnier I try to be today, the more on point I think. <laughs> Mac Town star signing Alex Bruce. Oh wow, hey, yeah. How he's old is quite, Alex Bruce? I think he's mid to late thirties. He's say... he's still young enough to really be playing at a higher level than than Mac Town. To be honest with you, given they're in Northwest Division too. He also used to play for Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Must have just liked the area, yeah. Quite a handsome man. So, in his, apparently he signed, played the first game, and then got injured. But when he nah. signed, he told somebody else he had a two-week holiday in Spain booked. So, <laughs> it's quite... For, this injury seems to have quite, fallen quite nicely for his uh, holiday. He'd just come back from his holiday, and he was at the ground with his kids. Sniffs of Neymar this every uh, every <laughs> yeah, exactly, last, yeah. last last two weeks in August he'll be off. <laughs> well there we go. So it was all fun and games. Oh yeah. Where do you go from there? Yeah. Well, to, to some bigger name transfers, I guess. But how's the how's the week been for you two? Yeah. My my brother got married, so I had Monday, I was at, at the wedding. How many fights did um, How many fights did Robbie Savage have to break up at that one? <laughs> Only three. It wasn't wasn't <laughs> as many. Did he wear his tracksuit again? It's just the bridegroom <laughs> and the best man. <laughs> I thought it was Savage that was dying them all this time round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so I had that on Monday. That was uh, danced a lot. I felt very tired the next day. My legs were very tired. So if I, if I couldn't whether I remembered whether I was dancing or not, my legs were telling me the next day, you did a lot of dancing, Russ. Uh, and then, yeah, just back to work, basically. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it's always that, that dread, and you might remember this, Simon. You have the, the big end-of-year night out at the end of one school year, and everyone gets very excited and gets more drunk than they imagined they were going to do. And then you have that dreaded six-week wait to get back to work, <laughs> seeing people and go, did I do something stupid to you? Did I upset you in any way? Did I say something? Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. But back, no one seems to be in a mood of me. Everyone seems to be saying hello, so all is good at the minute. Yeah. That is a relief to hear. How about mm. you, uh, Cheddar? We had a lovely little night out on Sunday. Uh, went out on Sunday. Uh, went to my first time at the Tapanyaki. Oh yeah, was, where they cook it in front of you. Yeah. Where, where, where's the Tapanyaki? Uh, I want to say Liverpool Road. Is it not near the Science and Industry Museum? But it could be Liverpool Street. So it's one of the Liverpool. Oh yeah, that, that's the uh, area. Yeah. yeah, near Akbar's, near where near where the Hilton is, on the street opposite the Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Science and Industry Museum. But that was very nice. Had swordfish. Can't really say that's what sword. Uh, I mean, it was nice, but I mean, I've never really tried swordfish before, so it was a bit rubbery in places. So I'm assuming it wasn't cooked to perfection. Um, 
But yeah, it was generally nice. You're not, you're, not normally, you're not someone I would normally associate with trying new tastes. Um, yeah, I'm quite big on I'm quite big on trying new tastes. Oh. Just, just not, not the just, yeah, just not the traditionals. <laughs> no, not the traditionals. All the new <laughs> stuff we'll have it. There was I, I uh, put it to you, Cheesy. If we got a Venn diagram of all the people in the country who have had swordfish and all the people who haven't had a mince pie, <laughs> you'd be the only person. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think it's that moment in time. I think if I think if I'd go back there again, I wouldn't have swordfish. I think if any, I think if I went to another place now and thought mm, swordfish on the menu, well, I don't think I'd have it anymore. So I think the I think the mince pie thing's gone now. I think that's it. I think I had my, <laughs> yeah. my opportunity. Your fingers burned. In, the first, in the first fifteen years of my life, I, did, I thought. It's not for me. So I must just have to move on. So yeah, so that was that was very nice. I caught the um uh, the obviously they put as, as part of the meal, they give you a load of potatoes first to fill you up. Um and then the guy was once he'd been baking them and frying them, whatever he was doing, you, you got one flicked in your mouth. So hopefully they're not too hot enough that he flicks burning hot potato uh, and you have to catch it into your mouth. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was very nice. What from how far how far away? Uh, about a yard and a half, maybe a yard. Wow! And, and how so big that, a piece of potato was it? Uh, <laughs> I would say probably two fifty pence pieces. Four. Size of maybe, maybe the size of a small egg. And yeah, did you get? Did you catch it clean? I uh, didn't. Not first time round. Second time round, yes. Oh, with the same piece of potato, you have to return the potato. No. And have another go. <laughs> no. Thank you. Oh. No. Now, now Kobe's gone. They don't care. No. I once it landed in my mouth, and I had to give it back, and then he had to try it with the next person. Then <laughs> we'll 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 cook the germs off on the on the yeah. hot grill. But but after the first one, I realised when it didn't go in my mouth that I'll have to I'd have to do more head movement. I thought I thought he must have been flicking it long enough now to realise that he's uh, that he's quite good at it. But obviously, he wasn't. So I had to move my head a little bit more so I could turn around. That's why. I ended up having to do all the work, so. Oh, wow. But yeah, that was nice. But it was it was it was very. We went into then we went after that we went to Albert Schloss and then we went to Revolution to Cuba. So um, quickly before we move on, yeah. what if you don't catch it and it just falls on the floor? Yeah, well, I think it gives you about three goals. I think I think it depends how many people are sat around the table. So there was only no. But my point is, you, he's threw something at it, it's fell on the floor. Does someone come around and clean it up or? Well, I think it, I think it fell on the desk. I don't really have it. I don't think it really falls on the floor. It just, they don't. You don't have to like move back to kind of get it in. He's quite good at. It fell on the table. I think. I don't think there was a situation where it fell on the floor. But once I had mine, I was just basking in the glory. What, so was, was the floor? Presumably, the floor wasn't carpeted. No, no, no just like a. No, normal, yeah, because that'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah, just matching yeah. ground. <laughs> it was well. It was actually quite slippy. So maybe there was maybe there was a lot of potatoes. Well, on the floor. Surprised <laughs> a lot of oil, yeah. <laughs> So, so was it just you and Ashley on the on in the in the firing line? No, there was. Uh, we went out with uh, there was six of us in our group. Oh, so um, quite then, the audience. And, quite the. So, and, I mean, it's, it's quite. It's enough pressure to build there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and that was that was just our like hot plate and our chef on our on our side, and then on the other side there was another four, six, eight people on that side. So there was nearly a full time, apart from the two seats directly next to me because I was sat on the corner. And, if you imagine, like, so you had 13 people watching you? Yeah. And and did they give it a bit of a, oh? Well, no, they did. There was a table next to us that I think was one big group. So our group was, the t- the guy, the people that were sat across the table from us were sat there about, 
maybe two or three minutes after us. So while they were doing the potatoes and the other, they were doing some other bits, like the, the guy was flicking an egg up with his spatula and catching it and then flicking it up again. And then he caught it in his hat and he caught it in his pocket. So there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a like circusy type um, chefery to what was going on before we actually got the food. So they were, they were a couple of minutes behind us on the other thing. So they were concentrating on their chef who was cooking their food and we were kind of <laughs> concentrating on our chef that was cooking our food. Oh, it sounds good fun. Yeah, but they also they- like they also tell you to sit back. So you sit back, and then they pour what can only be described as petrol on this hot plate, and then the flames go to the roof. Um, and they did they pour petrol. Off. Well, it's not <laughs> petrol, but I mean it's cooking oil. But it, when when they put it on the other side, East told us to sit back, and they did it on the hot plate that was furthest away from us. And I thought I was going to, I thought my eyes were going to burn off. So when it happened on the other one, and I felt the heat, I moved right back. So when he did it with hours <laughs> and the, the flames went to the ceiling, I was like, I was far enough away for it not to, uh, for it not to impact my uh, my face or my hair. But yeah, then that was very pleasant. Never been there before, so it was very nice. Yeah, and I had a Japanese tea because I didn't fancy any of the puddings, so I had a nice Japanese tea. How's that served? Just slingshot that across, do they? Then the chef, the chef started drinking it, and then <laughs> like water spout out of his mouth and tried to catch it. <laughs> Just the hose pipe in the corner. Catch this in your butt. Put it in a syringe and just syringed it out. I was like, and no. it never, even if he had a mouthful, it never stopped. He just had to no. kind of gulp down. That, that, did, that, did, that did burn my mouth. I was regretting it as well because it took so long to come out. So I think everybody else was finished and we had to go and I had to carry this teapot around for about five, ten minutes because I wasn't finished. I was like, I'm having this. But, but the one thing I will say, and I don't know if this was down to the Japanese tea or not, um, but I didn't, I didn't felt hungover. I didn't felt hungover the day after. So the next time, lads, we go out, we'll be hunting down some Japanese tea before we go home. No Dixie chicken this time, Ross. It will be, <laughs> be a local Japanese tea vendor. I, like, I'm sure. I'm sure Dixie chicken often be Japanese tea with my wings meal. Well, we'll have to get. If not, we'll have to get it on the old menu. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was very nice. And the, and the one thing I would say when we went out to uh, Abyssos and Revolution to Cuba, we were very lucky to get a table. So even though it's absolutely rammed full, we got a, quite a nice table, like away from like the huge people stood near the bar. Um, so yeah, it was actually quite nice. We had a quite nice, we had a quite nice night. Very nice. So Sounds nice. delightful. Yeah. So what are we talking about, Cheddar? Uh, well, as we're now three games in, uh, we will discuss where kind of everybody is at this time of the season when everybody thinks suddenly we uh, win the league or potentially not started very well after the first three games of the first international break. Uh, but of course, last night is obviously the 31st of August, which normally means um, it, it was transfer deadline day yesterday. So we will touch on uh, the transfers that have taken place in the last couple of weeks, some more high profile than others. Uh, so we'll start with that and then we'll move on to um, how the season's begun for everybody. So we'll have a quick break uh, and we'll come back straight after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast. And I suppose the only place um, that we need to start is, of course, uh, the signing of Ronaldo. So what I'm going to do now is not say a word for 10 minutes while you two take it away. 
to let me know that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread that he's back. Well, I think he's been top goal scorer in Syria. You know, Juventus haven't won the title while he's been there, but he has been top goal scorer. I mean, he's just scored so many goals over the last 20 years, hasn't he? Absolute guaranteed goal machine. You know, complete professional in terms of his commitment to training and keeping himself in condition. Relentless in his play, his goal scoring, and just a winner's, uh, someone with a real winner's attitude. You know, he knows how to win. And he expects to win. And I, I just think he's... I think he's the person that turns... I think now, you know, United have got to be looked at as title contenders for me, Ross. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not quite as... So, going... Th- the, the whole kind of Ronaldo's leaving and then thinking where it's going to end up. But I thought after signing Varane and Sancho, Paul is not going to end up at United because... By United standards of recent, what we see, this that's a good window for us. So I'm not going to probably make any more signings. And then when all the city rumors start circulating, I was kind of like, ah, oh. I was I was a bit disappointed, but at the same time, I was thinking it's been a long time since he's at United. He's been to Real Madrid. He's been to Juventus. I'd be annoyed, but at the same time, it's not a direct swap from. United to City, so I could kind of live with it. And then obviously it all fell through and he signed for United. And I was thinking, oh, happy days. But then uh, maybe about half an hour later, I was thinking, oh, I was thinking, like as happy as I was coming back, I half would have thought, I to, especially after we just played Wolves. Um, yeah, after playing the Wolves game and seeing how poor Fred was and how lightweight our midfield was without McTominay. I just thought, oh, we need a central defensive midfielder, which we didn't get. So I'm half kind of like, yeah, I'm happy he's back. And then otherwise I'm kind of thinking, oh, what if somebody would have defend somewhere else? Um, and I I think he gets us... I have to think the only way of going about things now this season is we're going to score more goals than you, basically. And that's how we'll... <laughs> that's what United games should be like. So every game could be 3-2, 4-3. I, I don't know. But I don't know if necessarily... If we, I, I think I think it gives us a better chance of being in the top four. I don't know if we takes us to title contenders, unfortunately. It's not going to do you any harm, though, is it? No, but I just don't... Yeah. I'm a bit... I'm a bit negative on it all. I, I, more and more I think about it, I'm a bit negative on it all. And for other reasons, because uh, I was thinking about this, Woodward was supposed to leave. Uh, he said that back in April, that after the Super League stuff, that he would leave uh, at the end of last season. Or was it the end of this year? And I think this is all kind of like, we've got Sancho in, we've got Varane in, Ronaldo's in. Uh, get the feel-good fact. Everyone's happy. Everyone's saying, oh, what a brilliant job Woodward's done. So he kind of keeps his job. Especially the way in front of the first home game, when Varane was brought out in front of the fans, it was fantastic to get that atmosphere going. But I also think that that then kind of kills any negativity. Like there might have been if there's any process following on from the end of last season. I just have a feeling that it's all it's to to negate. And my other thing is, great to have him back again. But he's thirty six. It's a two year contract. We're not sure a third year. 
Do we really want a 39-year-old Ronaldo? But he's not a normal 39-year-old, is he? Yeah, but you don't know what's going to happen, do you? He's in incredible shape. I'm not sad. Look, I'm I'm very happy, but I I just thought... I I didn't think attacking what... I mean, like you say, it's hard to turn down, isn't it? When one of the greatest goal scorers ever becomes available and you can have it, hard to turn down. But I, I don't know. We've been... Talking great about United transfer policy in last year's uh, windows, about how progressive it is, and looking for getting people in, and that this this smacks of just. Well, I think from a, like from an outsider's point of view, there's a couple of things like the, I mean, what from what you said, Simon, he just brings <laughs> just a different mentality to to that dressing room. Like everybody will look at him. Um, I think the other big thing is obviously that. I think he's he's somebody that, although he's a really big character, he brings other big characters. He's got the respect of everybody else. Where if a if a if a Pogba's at, knows he's put out a joint by the fact that he's here, then that's Pogba's problem. That's not Ronaldo's problem. That what affects everybody else. He plays with Fernandez already, so it's not like they've never played with one another. They've got no idea. They've never met one another. He's already got a really good understanding with Fernandez. Whether that puts Fernandez who knows out a joint because how now he's not the main man. I mean, to be seen. I mean, what happens to? I mean, is Greenwood going to get? Is Greenwood now ahead of Cavani? I mean, that's what it looks like at the beginning of the season. That Cavani's injured. Um, does it hamper United's transfer policy next season? Which I don't know whether it does or not. I don't know. But surely Ronaldo is not. You're not going to pay Ronaldo half a million pound a week to sit on the bench next season. But well, then, like, I mean, he'll expect to play, won't he? But. He could score 30 goals this year and win your league. He could, win, he could win the Champions League. He's very much a big game player, isn't he? So, I think the other thing that United have done really well is, look, it, it looks like it's Fergie that's rang him and, and said, look, don't go to City. And that's the big thing that's changed it. But United were offered him earlier on in the window and didn't take him because they wanted other priorities. I don't know how signing Ronaldo would have changed. There's no, Sancho wouldn't have turned down coming to United because Ronaldo was there. Varane wouldn't have turned down United because because Ronaldo was going there. So I don't really understand why all of a sudden they've signed him. Yeah, I but other... I mean, were they were they offered him at the same rate? I mean, we've only paid about 15 well, million, haven't we? Sort of a weird transfer fee. Manchester I mean, City. Were you were looking for a more serious transfer fee at the start of the window? Thinking, Well, well I think they wanted around 30 million, didn't they, at the start of the window? But it was City that negotiated that fee. That All that was agreed with City. It was personal terms that weren't agreed with City. So all United have done is swooped in and taken City's deal because that's what City was. That's what City were willing yeah. to offer him. All it's taken is, is Ronaldo to go. Oh, I don't want to go and play for City. Now. I want to go and play for United. United have gone. Oh my God, this is too. This is too. We can't. We can't not turn this down. But why United couldn't turn that down? I don't know. Three, even four or five weeks ago at the beginning. Of the, if that would have. You think if that would have happened at the beginning of the window rather than I don't know three days before whatever it is, the field goal track factor through the summer. With then Sancho coming on board, and then with Varane coming on board, I would have feel like would have been completely different. And you then might have been able to go. Well, actually, Ronaldo's gone there. We might be able to get this, this other midfielder. Might want to come in. We might be able to get another midfielder here now. Whether it be Camavinga or Niguez or whoever it might be, think actually, would well, you know what? Ronaldo's gone there now. What a team that will be. Oh, I'd love to come play with Ronaldo for a couple of years. Because there must be players out there that think, well, why would I? I, I absolutely want the opportunity. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the same sort of players you signed for. Uh... Barcelona on a free just to find out Messi's left, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so well, I, I, don't so know. I, I agree with what you said. Like the, the positives of it are having Ronaldo around the, around 
in training, isn't it? And seeing what he does and him imparting some of his knowledge. And feel like the same way everyone's talking about Cavani to Greenwood to uh, be around and study the way his movement to become better. Ronaldo's another step up from Cavani, isn't it? So having someone like that around is great. I just well, uh, the few the few talks last night of whether Cavani so Barcelona putting an in, in inquiry about Cavani and taking Cavani. Yeah, well, I I think Cavani's a bit of a weird situation now, isn't he? Because he's sort of like the the other guy. <laughs> yeah, he was kind yeah. of signed as that elder statesman that you'll get the game. Yeah, but, you know, so that's why I like your career because we've got the young promising striker coming through. And, and now I, we've signed the, another elder statesman that's at the end of his career. He's going to get games, but we've got this young promising strike. So where does that leave Cavani? And he's also... Because in terms of long Cavani ended up spending the best year of his career being slightly frustrated that he had to fit in with Neymar <coughs> and Mbappe at PSG. He comes to United, suddenly sort of establishes himself as the, as the main striker throughout the season. But then there's this... I, I sort of I, What I found really weird is Cavani, who... I think at the end of the day, Cully isn't that excited about playing for Manchester United. I think he's sort of, you know, it's a final payday for him. But he was clearly umming and ah about whether or not to stay for a second season. And even when he decides to say, he seems to somehow negotiate, uh, I'm going to have an extra long summer holiday in Uruguay. And I don't really understand why he rushed back for that. Why he came back but for that Wolves game where he was just on the bench before an international break. So I feel like... I'd assumed he was uh, going to stay. Oh, by the way, Ronaldo's just scored in the 88th minute for uh, Portugal to make it one all against Ireland. He's well, he got it, lost. He missed the penalty. Yeah. Oh, they're not, not playing Iran. <laughs> oh, is it Iran? Yeah, it might be Iran. No, it's Ireland, isn't it? IRL, it says. No, it's Ireland. definitely Ireland because there's yeah, a 19 year old keeper in net for uh, Ireland uh, and he uh, saved the penalty. I mean, I, I mean, my I don't my unconscious, but he didn't have a very Irish name, so I didn't think it was Ireland. <laughs> what I was going to say about Ronaldo is, uh, you say he's been big game player. Actually, on the slide, United are quite good in big games. Like Solskjaer's record against Pep is bizarrely brilliant. Probably, I think Solskjaer must have a better record against Pep Guardiola than pretty much any manager. But I think United's problem, you know, we had that great win against uh, Leeds opening day of the season. Second game, you end up drawing with Southampton, and they're exactly the sort of games where. Ronaldo's kind of relentless, wants to score every week, incredibly driven to get a goal and get a win. That's where these, you know, they're exactly the sort of situations where he comes into your, his own when you sort of have an awkward game against the likes of Burnley or something. And he will just get you a goal from one moment in, you know, at the end, you know, out of nothing, one moment of brilliance, goal, and then you, you know, and then you win 1 0. And at the end of the season, no one remembers your your victory against Burnley. But they're they're, they're sort of the ones that are crucial to to where you finish in the league. I t- no, I, t- I totally agree, and I think he he does find goals from nowhere because his record shows that he'll just he'll pop up in the right place at the right time, or he will produce more of the magic. And I agree. Just going back to some of the other like. I'm a bit miffed off about his social media posts as well, saying he'd come back home and things like this. Because I just think, well, if this is your own, why'd you bugger off with the best part of 10 years, scoring, playing your best football, left up like... And he's hardly come back on no wages. He's, he's, he's no, I know. It's not like, yeah, I'll come... Because, just, because I love United. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, but I was in talks with City. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just all smacks of just a play, like... I I found that Ronaldo's a city thing bizarre. In as much as 
it always felt Aguero and always felt an uncomfortable match with Guardiola. You know, you sort of feel like Guardiola's always had a slightly weird view on strikers, as is shown by the fact they're now going to go into this season with no striker. And you just think the current Ronaldo is someone who basically just scores goals. I don't think he really does any tracking back now. Does he, in many ways, playing for Portugal is perfect for him because he gets to be a one-star player and the other 10 know their job is to just make Ronaldo look good and pass to him and do all the running and defending for him. And you, you sort of feel like Ronaldo, Ronaldo, in many ways, wouldn't have fitted into Guardiola's team at all, like the current Ronaldo. Yeah, he's just a... I think, he, I, I think they need... I think they need... I think he. they looked at it in... If you would have put Ronaldo into that um, City team in that Champions League final, suddenly becomes a bit of a different kettle of yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah. And he might, well, he might as well. All City, all, all they want to do is win the Champions League. That's all they want to do is win the Champions League. But, but that attitude is that's the exact attitude I'd have. But I almost feel like Pep doesn't have that. Like Pep's almost like quite snobbish about footballers who just score goals. Like he almost thinks that's sort of. Like, yeah, I almost, I always get the impression Pep thinks. That's a very minor thing, and they, you know we'll get anyone to do that bit. The best bit. Well, the City best have never the ones that sort of pass it around nicely. City have never really had a top scorer, have they? I mean, apart from Aguero, but Aguero's never won. I don't think Aguero's ever won the Golden Boot, has he? Oh, you're asking the question there. Injured for a long time. I get. I, I know that. It's been it's not been a season where he's not been injured, but I don't think he's ever he's ever won it. And, he, and that's even with him scoring what five goals in a game against Newcastle. So. I don't know. I suppose. I suppose the. I suppose the one thing for Guardiola was it probably was. So I mean, he's already said he's come out and said that he's going to leave at the end of next year. So you probably would have only had what one or two. Well, he would have had, what the two seasons with Ronaldo, which whatever it would have been. But I, I, I don't know. You feel like Ronaldo just wanted to get out of Juventus. He didn't. They didn't win the league yeah. last year. Because they're not very happy about not winning the league. Um, and he just want. And he, and he just wanted. And he, I mean, I don't know. Is is Ronaldo any worse than when he left Real Madrid? He can I still think he's the same he, he can still hit, he can still hit the ball as as hard as he as he did before. He's, he's, I'm assuming he still trains exactly the same way. I don't know whether he's had any. He didn't start every game for Juventus, which probably didn't help him. But I don't think that was an injury thing. I think that was just more of a. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the one big thing that City are really hoping for is the last player that United. <laughs> took off City was Alexis Sanchez that's what City are hoping for that he goes that way but I can't, you just can't see it I, I just think like I say my whole thing is look, I think he will score goals but after watching the Wolves game and I was very excited about the Wolves game especially when you saw the lineup when we texted and there's uh, Fernandez, Pogba uh, Sancho uh, Greenwood um, who else played Dan James I mean Dan James Maybe it wasn't like that, but in terms of an attacking line, like we we suddenly let, abandoned the two central defensive midfielders, so Matic wasn't playing. We went with that one, and then we I was thinking, well, there's going to be goals in this, and we just didn't we didn't create anything, and that's my worry that we couldn't like Fred couldn't stop the counter attack. We couldn't we couldn't create enough pressure and keep it up there for long enough because. And I mean, we're not going to play against Adama Traore every week. I know that, but Fred was bouncing off players, and and my worry is that we yeah, we could have all this attacking talent on the pitch, and we've got Ronaldo up there, but if we haven't got a defensive midfielder, he stops them from getting from 
moving the ball 40, 50 yards up the pitch and actually keeps them penned into their uh, own half, then we're not going to create the pressure and allow the players to actually do it. So that were was you, that. Um, were you expecting more players to leave? You mentioned Dan James. He, he left and went to, to Leeds at the end at the end of the transfer window. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, to be honest, that surprised me because Dan James has started. Well, oh, he scored again. The first three. How was it? 2-1. Top yeah. off. So I, I was expecting... <laughs> as good as you are. Well, I, I, for a moment, I thought my TV had stopped working. I thought it was just my reflection I was seeing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I didn't expect Dan James to go, to be honest. Because I just thought he'd started quite a few games in the first three years. And play been involved, which is the end of last season. He probably wasn't. Um, but I think I think there was a lot of trying to get players out. But you've got to find. It's like when we were watching when we talked about that um, Gary Neville and Roy Keane thing. You know the overlap thing with the fan debate. And Roy Keane said it all the time. Like he was talking about recruitment, and he said, "Ah, if it's not who you can get in, it's who you can get the players you want out to." And that's the hardest thing, isn't it? You like Dallow and players like that. You've got to find someone to take them out and not be taken for mugs in the process as well. So, Well, Martial, Leon wanted Martial, but I'm assuming that United were just going to pay his wages because he's on 250 grand a week. Leon can't afford that. Well, where does that leave him as well, Martial? Well, he the... said he's just going to fight for his place, but I'm assuming he's just going to be sat on the bench. I mean, he couldn't fight for his place when Ronaldo wasn't there, so... I mean, he didn't play particularly well. United aren't going to want to lose him on a free, I wouldn't have thought, but I don't think, I don't think he's going to sign another contract while he's there. What would be the point unless he's just going to sit his days out at Old Trafford? But surely the United aren't going to offer him another two hundred fifty grand a week to sit on the bench. I mean, he's not I, ready. He's not ready yeah, ultimately, it's been a good transfer window for United. Let's the, the the Ronaldo is the cherry on top of the cake, really, isn't it? He wasn't needed, but he's here you, now. You've just got to enjoy him, really, haven't you? Well, you just Can't said you need to. No, we surely, do, we do. But I'm saying, but I'm saying in terms of eating cake. No, but I'm saying in terms of the transfer window, getting Sancho and Varane in, that's very, very good, isn't it? Because they were, we always knew that we needed a centre-half to go alongside Maguire. Sancho was obviously two years it took, and we needed someone to shore up, like balance up the attack on uh, the right-hand side. So you're thinking, oh, that's fine, and then you go again the season after. And like I say, if there's money available, I would like to see we go out for it now. Then, but yeah, hey ho. I don't think we'll win the league. Do you think we'll win the league, Simon? Um, I, well, I think we'll. I think we'll be in the in the contention. I think that I think there's three teams that could win the league. I think United, City, and Chelsea are the three to to watch. Are you saying that just to annoy Simon or uh, cheesy? Or? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I. I I just don't see Liverpool having the squad depth to launch a title run, and my, I, I can see Liverpool hitting the same problem they had last year. And I think, I think my uh, big concern if I was a Liverpool fan is the African Cup of Nations, and there's going to end up being a month where no Salah, no Mane, isn't there? No, it's kept where's Cater from? Yeah, no Cater either. Yeah, but I think Matt, I think Mane, and I think Senegal play. Um, 
can't remember, uh, Guinea, wherever case, wherever case is from. So I think I don't know whether there's only one. I can't remember if combinations works, but I don't. There's only one goes through from that group, so they'll only be missing for I believe a couple of weeks. I think Salah will only. I think it depends if they get they get knocked out in the in the group stage or whatever it is. Egypt, I feel like Egypt always do well in the African Cup of Nations. Yeah, but I, I think they'll. I think it's too. I think they'll be gone for four weeks. But obviously, the beginning of January is FA Cup. Um, there'll be there's Carling Cup, isn't there? So I don't. There's not that many Premier League games when the African Cup of Nations is on. But if, obviously, if they get all the way through to the end, it's like four or five weeks. And at the back end of January, there's always loads of games before. Um, I think end of January, start of February before that international break. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I mean, February, I mean, January is January. We'll figure out what happens in January then. I think it's, I don't know. I mean, everybody would have wanted another attacker and there's, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. But Klopp seems happy enough with what he's got. So if he, they, they went into last year without a centre-half. Look how that turned out. So they're going to this year without a recognised, and, 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 and another recognised forward. Um, four forwards in, um, when they play three up front then we'll just have to wait and see but again who wants to nobody wanted Origi um, so they just have to kind of move on and um, we'll see what we'll see what Elliot brings I'm assuming that Elliot will take Salah's place when he goes um, but I don't know it'd be interesting to see Thiago's not started again this season Kite's played really well why he didn't play against Chelsea I'm not quite sure um, I think Fabinho's only played one game so far this year, so I think it's how I, I think it's how our midfield. If I, we can get the same midfield right, we can get the midfield right that we when we won the league. I don't think well, I don't think we'll have a problem. Um, we've had more shots on target than anybody else so far this season. Man is yeah, I think we've had twenty four. I think we've had more than Wolves. I think it's Wolves. I mean, Wolves probably had twenty five against United at the weekend, to be honest. And then I think it's City. Everton have had eighteen. So I think there's, I think we've, I mean, we were playing against 10 men, so it didn't really help for the, for the second half. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the games against the other, the other teams. I mean, we were quite fortunate. I mean, we should have won. We, ideally, we should have won again. We should have beat Chelsea. Um, but then somebody, and I was quite despondent when, when, it just, when we just couldn't break them down. Um, but they are still a very, very good team. And I think that any, any, side that would have gone down to 10 men would have been difficult to break down. I don't think it was the easiest thing in the world. Um, but then last, somebody put out a message that we're already six points off. We're six points better off than we were this time last season. So we we got beat by Chelsea at home. We got beat by Burnley at home. Um, and somebody said, if you, I think if you replace Norwich with Fulham or whatever it is, we drew up Fulham and we beat Norwich away. So we're, if, if somebody was said to me after the first three games, you'll be six points better off than you were last season. Then have we really got that much to complain about? We've only got seven points. All right, it's only seven points. We probably would have been better off having nine. But there's bigger tasks to come. I think beginning of October, obviously we play City and then we play United um, at the end of October. And then October looks like a, a relatively big month. I think City play us and Chelsea within a, within a week, both away from home. Um, so it looks like October's going to. Be a, a big marker down as, as to what happens, but you're right, it could all completely fall. If we were top at Christmas last year, it could all fall apart again in January. So, um, we'll wait and see. But I thought Chelsea looked good as well. Um, what do you make of Chelsea's transfer window? Well, they've obviously right. bought, they've bought in a striker who's going to look like going to score goals, isn't he? I mean, it, 
I don't think he played particularly well against us um, the other night. I mean, the second half, obviously, you can write some of the second half off because he was... I mean, he might as well have been Chris Wood playing up there on his own because he was pretty much there on his own anyway. Um, but they just look they just look so strong defensively. They, they, they seem to have got this three at the back They're working really well. Um, obviously, they brought Niguez in, but I mean, Kante's injured again. He seems to spend a lot of his time injured at the minute, so... It's how well that midfield can kind of shuffle itself around without, maybe without Kante there all the time. I tell you what, the sound guess thing. Do you not think that's real? Like Chelsea's midfield didn't seem one place that you really needed to strengthen. Oh, I don't, I, what is it? Not an injury? Well, who who comes in and replaces Jorginho, Danny Drinkwater, Ross Barkley? So the. Yeah. It, Liam and Kovacic really that play in midfield and Kante Kante's injured there's not really anybody else I mean I, I know our, look, I, I know our squad depth isn't the greatest in the world but Chelsea midfield I've, I've, yeah, but, what, what's their squad depth but, like in midfield but then they had Billy Gilmore that they've let go so what I'm saying is they've got Sam Degesin so that you get him in what are they going to rotate constantly around Kante Jorginho Kovacic in him so he's not going to play I sort of feel like they just figured might as well have him around. Better to have him around than not have him around. But then why didn't United have him around? Than well, I mean, around. that's, you know, a, a fair reflection of United's chance. I, I think you don't really know much about him, apart from the fact that he's constantly getting linked with the move to Manchester United. I just think my thing is, midfield. midfield's the one area, aren't you? Someone like that who plays for a team that's very defensively minded in Atletico Madrid. And seems to play quite a lot. He must be quite good at being defensive. Yeah, yeah. And that is what we need in our midfield. So why not get him in on? Because he's only on loan, isn't he? Initially. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think there's, there's an option to buy. There's an option. To, he's not going back to Atletico Madrid. There's an option. No, but that's what, but it's delayed. It's deferred payment, haven't you? Basically. Yeah, but, but he's obviously giving himself a bit of a get out if he turns out to be rubbish, but. Yeah, you know, I suppose United. I mean, he's he clearly been available for a while, and United have decided not to to strongly pursue him. So you must feel like Ollie doesn't fancy him, I guess, or whoever. I mean, in some ways, if that is the case, that Ollie doesn't fancy him, you've got to go. Well, he's pretty much every transfer he has brought in, he's, he's got it right, hasn't he? Yeah. So if he has decided against a deal, then there must be something that makes him think that. So you've almost got to. Respect his decision well, that way. Atletico Madrid want rid of him, so they're not they're not bothered. They're clearly not bothered about getting a fee for him. Obviously, in the pipeline, it looks like Atletico Madrid wanted rid of him because they wanted Griezmann. And they brought Griezmann back in last night for Barcelona, so they needed. Well, to he's on. He's on. He was on two hundred and seventy-five, two hundred and fifty grand, I think, at Atletico Madrid, which for a club that doesn't really spend a lot on wages. I mean, I don't know what João Felix is on, but um, I'm a I'm assuming that. That's pretty much the money that's going to pay for Griezmann. Well, the big thing I heard a stat this just about the whole transfer window in general. So I think the net spend of Premier League clubs in total, like ins and out, was uh, five hundred and fifty million, something like that, around that. Uh, any other major league in Europe wasn't over sixty million. Wow, which kind of says there's no money anywhere else in Europe apart from the Premier League, isn't it? So, which is half why you've seen some of these mental transfers going on constantly. And like you say, Messi leaving, Griezmann going back to Athletic Madrid and things like that. So, 
I mean, it's yeah. amazing the way the Premier League seems to be sort of pandemic-proof in a way. Like, it's sort of carried on being able to spend this money despite the last year. Whereas all these other clubs, you know, like properly massive clubs in Europe seem to be in an absolute mess now. I mean, Barcelona's transfer window has been one of the most bizarre I've well, ever seen from a major club. And they now ended up with a strike for Force and Martin Brathwaite and Luke De Jong, who... Well, the fact they were getting rid, they were getting, yeah, they were getting rid of Griezmann. And they got Luke De Jong in, which yeah, and he played for Newcastle at one point. Is, yeah, yeah it's badly. And, you know, the, the the one of the biggest things though for a lot of foreign teams is their stadiums are massive, so not having people paying to get in the stadium has obviously been a, big, mm. a huge problem. I mean, it's been a, it was a huge problem for Liverpool. I think obviously United lost. I think United lost the most of anybody in in the pandemic because of yeah. But I also think it highlights how much. Revenue. I think, but I also think it highlights just how much the Premier League gets paid from TV revenue. Well, yeah, selling the rights because no other league like. I think the Premier League clubs can cope with the loss of match day revenue during the uh, pandemic. Obviously, if it would have carried on and carried on, then they might have struggled. But it just shows how much other team, other clubs. Around Europe, rely on that kind, of, like you say, filling their huge stadiums up and getting the the traffic through the gates and getting in the club shop and things like that. So, well, I mean, one of the weird ones was, was Arsenal, who you know, Arsenal were alongside Liverpool in claiming furlough, weren't they? Yeah, and you know, giving it all the big talk about how much they'd struggled. You know, they basically needed this European Super League, and they, on the slide, they've, they've spent loads of money. Arsenal, they're the biggest spenders in the Premier League, aren't they? Yeah, it's I mean. So we can get into sort of whether or not it's good spending or not, but they, they have spent money, haven't they? I mean, it's well, I don't. If you were a player now, if you were a player now, so interested, would you go like not even pre the start of this season? Is, is Arsenal still considered a big club anymore? Is it still a big draw in terms of because it's been a few years now where they've not been in top four and. The uh, the graph of Arsenal, if you track it, is is a decline, isn't it? Well, I also feel like all the players Arsenal sign, they're all players you look at and think, yeah, I wouldn't be, I, w- I wouldn't really want him at United. You know, you know the players that you think, yeah, none of the other, none of the big four clubs we talked about so far would be that interested in them, would they? No, none of the none of the big four clubs are going. Oh no, we've missed out on Ramsdale. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that. Like they've got, I mean, the latest signing was that Japanese right back uh, that they've just signed. But after they've just got absolutely battered in most games and they've got no points, is a Japanese right back? No disrespect to him, he could turn out to be absolutely amazing. But is he really what you think? Oh, he's going to turn our fortunes down. No, but they need another right-sided centre-back. That's the problem. So when they played Arsenal, they tried to play three at the back without their £50 million man. With, yeah, but what's that? But... I think Callum, Callum Chambers was playing the right-sided, I think the right-sided centre-back. And it was just a disaster. It was just, didn't work. It was just a disaster. So they're going to need to get, they're going to need to do something. I mean, the one thing that Arsenal do have is they've got a really good set of young talent, but they've got nobody with any experience to kind of show them what they need to do. And it just feels like some of, there's just nothing. I mean, Aubameyang doesn't look like the type of guy who's going to put his arm around somebody and go, this is what, this is what we need to do. This is what we need. I mean, Granite Jack is just a complete loose cannon. Thomas Partey was their big signer last season. He's injured again. 
But did you not see? Uh, did you see um, Urzel's tweet after the City defeat? Yeah, something about no, the pro- trust, the trust the process. Yeah, yeah and like laughing, crying, laughing face. I don't, well, was, he, was he being sincere? Or was he just being complete? No, I think he's like, no, it's I a dick, to be honest. I think it's a. Oh. Yeah, he, he didn't play me. Look at the crap that he's serving up. Basically, I just I, I Arsenal to me, I just they're an absolute they're... mess, aren't they? And the thing is, like, it, like none of it makes any sense. It doesn't seem to be any coordinated. Like, are you going to try and bring these young players through, or are you going to try and sign a load of players? Who are stars? Are you going to try and sign big names or people for the future? You know, what is what is going? It's like impossible to know what the plan is, and how they're any better now than they were before they spent like, this money. They look like they want to play three at the back because obviously yeah, but, you'd assume but it's that's just like things like players. getting rid of Martinez and then signing Ramsdale, getting it, you know, it's just complete like a. Like planning, isn't it? Why sell a young up and coming keeper to sign a keeper that's not really proved himself at the Premier League level? Like, yeah, Martez might want to play, but then having duke it out with Leno, I can see like whoever cracks first, they get the number one spot. I mean, they were lucky that William has left of his own volition and gone to Brazil, but he could have, he was on like a three year contract at like 200 grand a week. He could have just, yeah, you know, why on earth did they sign him? Another two years left, isn't he? A guy who, you know, we've committed to young players and now we're going to sign this bloke in his 30s for three years. Yeah, it's... But they've, they've got a big month coming up. So they, they play Norwich next at home and then Burnley. Now, Burnley could quite easily do them over the way Arsenal play. If it, if Arteta doesn't pick up any points in them games, I can't see him. And it's... So, I mean, it's really easy to see him not getting a win at Burnley, isn't it? Yeah, it's such a you know away at Burnley as well. Yeah, yeah. Odegaard doesn't fancy it when Ben Ben Mee puts it on him. That type thing. Yeah, Chris Wood bullies Emil Smith Rowe or something. Like yeah. That. yeah, like it's kind of that kind it's of. Scenario, a, it's the sort it? of story we've been seeing in the Premier League for <laughs> ever since the Premier League existed, isn't it? So he has got the, the big the big problem for the big problem for Arsenal is it, it doesn't happen again this season. You would uh, there'll be people queuing up for Saka next season. I mean, Smith Rowe's just signed another big contract, so you can imagine that. He, I mean, he's not going to be worth forty million quid at the end of this season. What they do, but um, he'll have a fair old big, I would have thought, buyout clause in that contract to keep him away from everybody else. But then, that, surely they're not going to stay there forever. There'll be, I mean, Manchester City will 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 take Saka in a heartbeat. And there's quite a few people that will take Saka in a heartbeat. But they seem to have a decent enough. I mean, obviously they've got some players. But Kieran Tierney's worked, but again, he's always injured. I think it's just about they just need to be they just need a, a settled team. I just don't think they've got that. They've got no spine in that team whatsoever. But White, Partey, and then they need, they need somebody to put the ball in it. That's the big that's the biggest problem they've got. I don't I well, mean the and the Lacazette clearly don't want to be there, do they? But also, you know, these players don't seem to be getting any better under Arteta, you know. He's been there a while. Obama Yang has sort of dropped off a cliff. You know, you mentioned like you know people that have left on loan. Someone like Gwen Doozy looked like a real promising talent. All of a sudden, they're just trying to get rid of him. But like, I mean, someone like Callum Chambers, you know, he was a decent. No, he was, he was never brilliant, Callum Chambers, but he was a decent player. You wouldn't think, oh, what a disaster! We're going to have to play Callum Chambers in the back three. You know, but oh, the reason he got, he's got, he's got the reason he got a move to Arsenal was because he showed promise. 
yeah, when exactly, he first yeah. signed, because Arsenal at that point weren't on the big decline, were they? So, yeah, it was a young up and coming that you would sign. Think right in a few years' time, he's going to be part of our defence and a real stalwart there, isn't he? Yeah, but the reason he's still there is because nobody wants him. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's but, but, Simon's but, point, isn't it? Like, yeah, why, why does no one want him? And you, I know exactly. You, you, you can throw out loads of examples, like Phil Jones, for instance, and things like no, that. But I, you're always going to get some. I get that, but he's been there for. I mean, if you, if United, if Brand went down with an injury, however many weeks, and all of a sudden Phil Jones is playing again, there's no way you'd be going. Well, that's acceptable. And the same with the same with Callum Chambers. Callum Chambers bought with for promise. I'm assuming he's on a fairly. No, no. My, my problem. I suppose my point is, but it's not just one player, is it? It's not just Callum James. No, yeah, no, no, I don't. Four or five yeah. players at Arsenal who you would think would be getting better, but don't seem to be who who have got noticeably worse while Arteta has been there. Yeah. Like Lacazette was scoring more goals yeah. before Arteta came. Abamyang was scoring more goals before Arteta came. I think the big thing is what I don't. You, you just don't know what the plan is. What? How? How? I mean, our Arsenal. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm saying Arsenal play a back three, but they didn't play a back three when they played Brentford. They played a back two, and Ben White was rubbish. So I, I hope that. If, well, if I mean, Ben White got COVID, didn't he? So he's out isolating. Which whether that affected the plans or not. But then they played the back. They played a back three, and then the first time this season in the Premier League, played back three is against City, which seems a very strange. I just, I just, I mean, there was a big hoo-ha around Arteta, wasn't there? And then obviously Pep's look up for him after the City game. I just don't see it. Well, he's, he's I mean, the, I mean, the one thing that we didn't, I mean, the one thing we didn't discuss before when we talked about Solskjaer is there's an awful lot, there's an awful lot of pressure on Arteta this season. If he doesn't work, they, I mean, he's probably got till January. I mean, some, some are saying he's got till Spurs. If they don't beat Spurs, but I don't, they if don't, they don't beat Norwich and Burnley, they've had a shocking well, start. Yeah, well, they're, they're, if they, if, I, I don't know. The, Nor- the Norwich thing could go either way. They, you'd think that they would beat Norwich, but again, they've not even scored a goal this season yet. Um, the Burnley game could go either way. I think Burnley have started relatively well. They, they did quite well when they came to Anfield. And then the Spurs game, is, but they're looking across over the water, they're looking across the London, and Spurs have played 3 1 3. They've had a massive hoo ha with the captain, and he's all, all of a sudden he's back scoring goals. So, I mean, even if Arsenal were to win the next two games and lose against Spurs, they've still lost four of the first six games. I, 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 for me, the reason why Arteta's probably going to go sooner rather than later is he's had a few transfer windows. There's no coherent plan in terms of what they're doing. And then they are the biggest spenders this summer. So, you can't say that he's not been backed and got players in. Yeah, but I don't think he's bringing the players in. That's the biggest problem. Well, Edge is the technical director, isn't it? No, I, 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 I accept that. But then, why is he? He must have known the structure of the club before he went there. And if so, so that's happening, and if he, he must have an input in terms of side, you can't just everything can't just be yeah, going through Edge. It's not a complete. It's not a random structure. They've not. Like, it's not like a random structure where they've got. I don't know a scout buying the, doing the negotiations of buying the players. I mean, the worst thing at the minute. Everybody knows that Arsenal need players. So as soon as yeah, Arsenal but, need somebody, they just stick the price up. But and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. This Japanese right back just sounds like, right, crap, we're on the decline. Everyone knows we're on the decline. Let's get someone from Japan to try and get some Japanese market coming towards us for a bit of money. I, I've never heard. Like, I accept that some players from uh, a far away, you've kind of heard of before, and then, a play, and then someone signs in. 
a Japanese right back seems very, very. He's not. He's not like a pin-up boy of Asian football, is he? Well, I mean, they, perhaps that's just what they need. They might need as a complete randomer to just come and do and do particularly well. I don't. They just want somebody to be a right back, like a right-sided centre half. They just want somebody who can kick the ball yeah, away, then, not let them. Trippier was available. Apparently, also. Uh, how much? How much wages would Kieran Trippier want? This guy from Bologna ain't going to be on. He ain't going to be on more than twenty grand a week. All right, they right. might have paid seventeen million to get him in, but they've had to pay seventeen million for Bologna to go. Yeah, this is this is probably our best player. You want, you so, want what, so what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Finish tenth, or do you want to try and well, actually how much turn your feet? Well, how much money does Trippier want? I bet he didn't want twenty grand a week. Right, at least Trippier's played in the Premier League and has some experience. You know what you're going to get. This this no, Japanese right back, you've no idea what you're going to get from him in the Premier League. He could be absolute but, dog crap. But you can't just go and lay. How much would it, would it have taken Atletico Madrid to let him go? Thirty million? Because that's why nobody else wants. Yeah, and but at the minute, him. Arsenal need surefire things. They need to know exactly what they're going to get. At the minute, they're buying all. They've got so, like you said, they've got so many youngsters. They've just brought a Japanese right back from Bologna. He's never played in the Premier League, so how is he going to guide all these youngsters? At least Trippy has been with the England squad, been far in tournaments. He's, he's Gareth Southgate's go-to in the bigger games when he needs someone rock solid defensively. If you're the club, go for him. Go and get that. That's the, exactly the kind of player they need. Not a not a yeah, Japanese but, right back from Bologna. But it, that that's all well and good if they'd only spent five quid this summer. But they haven't. They spent the best part of. Well, so don't buy Aaron Ramsdale. But that's not my. I, I do why that, bought, so it's not me. Yeah, but uh, but what, that's what I'm saying. What are they doing? Why are they buying Aaron Ramsdale when they could I'm have not, got Matt Ryan in probably again for a lot for a drop cheaper? They had him last season, did all right. Spend a bit more on Kieran Trippier to actually strengthen the squad properly. I don't know. I don't. I don't I, the Ramsdale thing just was complete. I don't understand why that even happened. I don't, I don't even know why. I, I thought they were just going to sell Leno. I didn't even think. I just thought it was going to be a straight swap. But Leno was going to go somewhere else. And the, for the, That's my point. The my point. It's just all over the show, and like I said, well, you, I know you said he's a step up with it when Odegaard signed. I, I, but I it, they don't know. Do they need him? They've got. That's what I said. That's what I said. Like, they, but that's they, exactly what you said, Simon. About you, you either going for these young lads coming through and putting a bit of trust in them, or you're not doing it. It's just this. Joe Willock sold the fan Reese Nelson Nelson got rid, got rid of it. Well, yeah, I mean, Reese Nelson's another one you could throw in the. He looked like a really promising player a couple of years ago, and his career's completely. You know, he's now he's now back at the. We're going to have to send him out on load stage of his career, isn't he? Yeah. He only went there because Diallo was injured. Otherwise, he wouldn't have mm-hmm. even gone there either. Um, but it does that just while we're just while we're on this subject of um, managers under pressure. To, does this Ronaldo signing put more pressure on? Solskjaer or no? I think it does, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, he's now he's now he's been there a while now. Solskjaer, you know, he's got. I don't know who I know, I never really know how how the transfer works and and who has final say. But transfers have got noticeably better under Solskjaer. He's got a lot of that team is basically pretty much a team he's put together. You've got a guarantee. You know, you're paying Ronaldo the winner's wage, the the wages of a winner if he's performing. And we're still not able to put together. Yeah, I think there's pressure on, on Solskjaer, as there should he, be. And that, he as has to win a trophy this season, doesn't it? I think that's a very difficult thing to say. I think. But yeah, we're aspiring to the best club in the world. 
Yeah, but oh, I know I get. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're not. But I think the very difficult thing you're saying that you have to win everything is that it'd be all right if Guardiola had the same idea as Klopp and couldn't really give two hoots about the FA Cup and the League Cup. But I think because City want to win everything, I think that I think I think just uh, yeah. But that, I'm saying, uh, but but Solskjaer last season we got to the final of the Europa League, which if he would have won that. That eases some pressure because then you're like, he's not this perennial loser. He gets semi-finals, finals, and we never get yeah, more of the line. That's that's currently the reputation of Solskjaer, isn't it? Well, let me tell you this: think. if he wins the if he wins the Europa League this year, there's less, there's not, there's still going to be some amount of pressure on him because he's in the chat. You're in the Champions League this year. No, I, I so agree. You win, the, you win the Europa League this year. That doesn't do anything for his reputation. You might not even. I, I've not, I've not said that. But what I'm saying is, if he would have won the Europa League last season, it takes the pressure off this season. Because you go, oh, well, he's proved he uh, yeah, can do it. Yeah. 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 So what I'm saying is because he still hasn't done that and then he's had the transfer window. We've got a World Cup winner in and a player who's won five Ballon d'Ors and been there and seen it and done it all. You have to get at least the FA Cup or a League Cup. At least. Sure. I don't know. Do you agree, Simon? Um, I'm not sure I'd have it quite as much as he has to win. So sometimes, like whether or not you win something, can come down to like a random moment. Or, but like, I think I expect us to be in a title race. Like, not going into the last month of the season thinking, oh, if we win the last four, we'll finish fourth and qualify for the Champions League next season. Like that wouldn't be accepted. Like if we did that and we won the FA Cup, I wouldn't think that was an acceptable season. You know, and yeah, you know, I'd expect us to have a, a you know to comfortably get through our group in the Champions League and depending on how the draw goes, maybe go deep in the Champions League, you know, have a good, some good cup runs. Like I just expect the whole attitude to be a bit of a, we're trying to be the best club in the country. Uh, I, title. I just think currently with the midfield setup, we can't expect to challenge for a title. Do you, do you um, concur? Neville made the other night that United could do better this season and finish fourth. Yes, I kind of do see that. Like, so, so I think there could be. I think it was last season it was. It did feel like you could, you know, City was miles out there, and then the challenge to be the best of the rest was. Fair, you know, there wasn't that much competition for it. You know, Chelsea had Lampard in charge for mo- for a large chunk of the season. Liverpool, you know, extraordinarily ended up finishing third. But, you know, at one point the wheels came off at Liverpool. Arsenal and Spurs, you know, Spurs were in the middle of... You know, all these other teams have got better. So I can I can see how United, yeah, in a way. But at, at the same time, it, that's not acceptable. And you can't have an attitude of thinking that's acceptable because that's how you end up being like Arsenal. Uh, it's going to be weird seeing who takes penalties, isn't it? Because presumably Ronaldo would, will take penalties, but I've never had confidence with Ronaldo on penalties. Very mixed today, didn't it? So yeah. Whereas Bruno is a guaranteed goal. Well, he, he takes it for Portugal, so you would think that it would just—I don't know. I suppose you'll find out a bit more about what Solskjaer does when when he brings him in to see if he starts taking free kicks and um. Penalty. But Ronaldo's an absolute crap free kick taker. His record is appalling. He just texts them all the time because he's Ronaldo. But he, actually, and I know he scored some iconic ones like the one against Portsmouth that have been absolutely fantastic. But in terms of percentage-wise, he might be actually converts. It's poor. He shouldn't be taking free kicks. 
But I mean, um, yeah. going to be exciting right. to see. So before I just thought, do you want to? I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to quickly talk about Spurs or? I ain't not really a lot about that. Well, Spurs is just. I mean, Nuno's played it quite well, hasn't he? Really. He's never really made a big hoo-ha about Kane. He's just gone, we'll keep it within the club. Let it all play out as if it's going to play out. And then just... I mean, my worry is with Spurs is that they started very similar to... Um, I've not actually watched them, but from they've had 1-0 win, 1-0 win, 1-0 win, haven't they? Yeah. Which, it, that might change if... When Kane comes in and starts playing properly um, for the rest of the season, he might get a few more goals, but... They could they could start Mourinho esque when everyone goes bloody hell they play some crap football and they, but they ground out the results one nil so they could be so that'd be my concern how long to, how long does this one nil win run you'd, you'd like to see them well you wouldn't like to see them but if they're going to do something good you would think that they need to start scoring a few more goals but because you're not going to keep a clean sheet every single game I think this the, obviously the goalkeeper that they've brought in from. Um, Atalanta and this, the centre back I'm sure they paid £40 million for I've not even played yeah yet. yeah and the guy from was it Valencia or Sevilla Brian Gill or whatever he's called that they've brought in he's not, he's not played but I think a lot of this to do with down to I think a lot of this is down to the fact that loads of people came back late or new signings I just think people have like teams of half gone we'll just get these three games out of the way and then we'll start We'll yeah. just give them. We'll give them the training sessions for these, and we'll kind of sub them in and out. Because I, Sancho should be starting every single game. You paid that much money for him, caught him for two years, but he's not. And I have to think it's after this international window where you're really going to start to see managers' true colours in terms of the signing and what they're going to do with them. But pre this, it's kind of I'm just going to go with kind of established routine and what everyone, what everyone knows, and then but we'll get the we'll get the timing on the training field, and then we'll we'll bring it in. So I think after the win, this international break is when you'll start seeing. Apart from obviously Chelsea, obviously stuck Lukaku straight in, but that was a no-brainer, wasn't it? Really. Um, and then I suppose other honourable mentions: West Ham, who seemed to who spent a lot of money yesterday, and um, um, Everton, who started the season quite well. Yeah, I think West Ham's problem is going to be. I'm not sure how many they bought in, but just the amount of players they need. I think. Because they've got this, they're going to once the Europa League starts. That is a lot of games, and I'm not sure they've got a big enough squad really. So I think it might. And also, did, have they signed another goal scorer? They bought oh, they Nikola Vlasic, haven't they? Oh yeah, but he's sort of on over they've ten, gone, isn't he? They've gone. Like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're reliant on Mikel Antonio. Is, is you know one of sort of the great stories of, of recent times. Turn the way he's, you know, he's like a right back at Wednesday, wasn't he? And now he's a really good striker. But he, he does get injured a lot, you know. He's right, yeah. when he's when his annual hamstring injury comes around. Exactly, yeah, and you know, so you've got to factor in he will at some point get injured. And if and... Thomas Suchek doesn't have the same season as last season, but I think yeah. I don't think Suchek scored yet though, has he? But Fornals has scored twice. Ben Ram has got three goals, I think. So I think I don't know. I think. Yeah, but I but I no, but I also think that like. Uh, Fornells and all their kind of stats. He's also really dependent on Mikel Antonio doing the job that he does up front. Uh, yeah. He's so pivotal to how they play that you take him away and all of a sudden we kind of... West Ham fans are having the time of their life at the minute, aren't they? So I don't think they really care. 
But yeah, and, and you know, it's sort of, it's sort of quite a nice story—the redemption of uh, David Moyes as well. I, I don't think they'll have a, as good a season as last season, but I think they'll end up kind of in in comfortably in the middle. They'll have a bit of fun, you know, trips in Europe. Hopefully, they'll get some some good games there. And Everton, I think, are, are going to be a classic Rafa Benitez team. I think you know, and, and and he'll sort of deliver what you expect him to to deliver, I guess. And it'll sort of depend on. If a team like Arsenal has a really bad season, then maybe he'll be able to finish above them. But it'll be it'll, it won't be exciting to watch. I mean, Demari Gray looks a bargain, but I mean, yeah, about two million money. Yeah, Some, I think somebody said Everton did this last year. Everton, I mean, this is similar to what you mentioned about with Spurs roster. I think Everton won seven out of the first eight, didn't they last season? Everton win. Yeah, they got off to a fly because I remember, I remember doing podcasts at the start of last season. Going, I remember watching the very first game going. The beats watching Spurs, Allen and stuff, Allen, yeah, going, yeah. And I was remember going, bloody hell, Everton actually looked good this time. And then he carried it on, carried it on. I was like, bloody hell, could they actually like do a Leicester? And then they really dived off, didn't they? But I mean, obviously, Benitez and Ancelotti are two completely different managers out in terms of how they go about things. So who knows? Who knows? It'll be interesting. Yeah. Few Liverpool players and few, few Liverpool Twitter accounts said they'd be uh, quite happy to have Solomon Rondon in, which made you. <laughs> That's a Liverpool player. Well, I see. Where's has he gone to Everton? Yeah, I think he signed. Where did Rondon end up going? I, yeah, right, okay. I think he's in China or he's come for. He's not. He isn't playing Europe at the minute. I think he's either back in South America or he's in Qatar or somewhere like that. So he's. I think I'll tell you who else is back. He's back in England. Saido Berahino. Yes, yeah. I see that. Where did he go in the end? Uh, I think it's Chef Wednesday. Yeah, Chef yeah, Wednesday. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he flew over and parked the plane outside, but <laughs> he, he got his move. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, to be honest, I'm quite glad the transfer window's now over because... It was getting a bit much, just the ridiculous story after a ridiculous story that was happening. Normally, you want well, just two or three, just to keep you tidying over for the for the summer. Not, I think once. I, I, I just feel like I just feel like the way this this one window has been next year is going to be soul destroying in terms of just it's going to be gossip and rumor and nothing ever happens. Well, nothing nothing happens in January anyway. So, just considering that everybody's gone this summer, I mean, Messi and Ronaldo have moved in the same summer. <laughs> Well, the only thing that'll happen in January is you'll get that Real Madrid have signed a pre-contact agreement with yeah. Mbappe. There's a, Which again, a, the fact that Mbappe could have moved this—I can't imagine that would have happened. There's Mbappe and Haaland. They're the two. They're the next two big ones, aren't they? And then obviously, again, they seem to. I don't. I, I don't know. There's probably going to be other ones to happen next year, but they seem to be the big three that nobody really knows. What, well. I would imagine that Mbappe will go to P- uh, will go to uh, Madrid. I can't think of him. I can't see him going anywhere else. Well, the only thing that could, is if he gets convinced to stay at PSG, I guess, isn't it? If signs a contract, yeah. When when they say here's ten million pounds a week or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, England. I mean, uh, well, we didn't actually mention it, but. Um... England have their World Cup qualifiers, which are not going to really be anything to talk about because it'll just be the usual possession of probably 1-0s, 2-0s. Bamford called up, but Mason Greenwood excluded Simon. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've never really got Bamford, to be honest with you. I think he's obviously done well. He sort of worked out from at Leeds, and it? And, but uh, apart from this current spell under Bielsa, I'm not sure he's ever really see, shown anything that shows he's, he's worthy of international football. But, you know, good luck to him. And, um, Do you think he'll actually play longer than 30 minutes over the whole three games? Uh, why? What's the relevance of 30 minutes? Well, just he's, he's guaranteed to be a sub, isn't he? So do you oh, think right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So who else in, is in... Which other strikers are in the teams? Kane and Calvert-Lewin? Just, no, Calvert-Lewin's not there. He's injured. Ah, oh, right. So, yeah, what else strikers are there? Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, maybe he'll get a cap. This, yeah, you know... Yeah, might, that's I, what I'm I, saying. I just as token him. gestures each game more than anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him in there long-term option for England as, as a striker. Um, is Ollie Watkins in the squad? He's, he, he was yeah, ahead he of was, I don't know. He was, but he's been Danny injured, Ings hasn't he? I don't know if Danny Ings... I don't think Danny Ings is in. I think it would have been more in the paper if, if Danny Ings would have been there. And you suspect yeah. Kane probably is up for some game time to get himself back up to to full fitness. So probably will want to play. But, you know, good luck to him. I think Greenwood's... I don't know if there's any harm in him not being in the squad. He's had a good start to the season. He's been in squads in the past. He was sort of in and around the, the Euros selection. So, I, you know, I sometimes think a bit of a break isn't too bad for these guys, these players. Southgate's come out and said that he's, he's spoken to him and he's, he's, he's spoken to Solskjaer and stuff. So, I, I don't think there's any... I don't, I don't know. It's, it seems very difficult for a player that scored three times this season already for him not to be picked for and just not to be in the squad. Um, I don't know, a bit of a strange... I suppose the biggest problem is that England doesn't seem to play with a small striker, do they? Yeah, but then he's he's some talent. Oh, no, I'm not denying that. He, I'm not denying that he's not. He's, he's going to be... I mean, he could potentially end up scoring for United. How many goals he's already scored already that he could quite easily get past... Um, it could easily get get past Rooney. No problems. No problems. Right, if, if he if he stays fit and he stays at United, he could quite easily be top goal scorer. Right, all time. Well, and, and he stays driven. Yeah, yeah. But it just his accuracy in shooting is incredible. Like he shoots, you think it's gonna it's gonna trouble the goalkeeper every single time. You don't expect it to go high wide and answer at any point. And when you see him with a chance, I mean, you just have you have that sort of real confidence of. He's going to score here, isn't he? Well, he's goal against Wolves at the weekend. Yeah. Right, that was from a real tight angle. But again, he sticks it on target, make the goalkeeper make the mistake, which he did. And that's all you've got to do, isn't it? All the best strikers just get the ball and just make the keeper do something. I, I, I just, I, I have this thing. I think, obviously, the strikers aim where they're going to put it. But I think a lot of the time, it's not, they're not aiming for just inside the post. Rarely they will do, but I think a lot of the time I just think I'll just stick it on that side. Then the keeper's got to do something. If it's not on target, you're not going to score, are you? Basically, more and more of it. And that's I just think the green was similar. Like he just know he just knows where the two posts are. I'll stick it in between there. The keeper's got to then do something. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. I'm hoping. Um, that's my worry that Ronaldo coming in and obviously Cavani. What what does Greece and what does Greenwood's season suddenly look like? Because at the start of this season, it's looking like he's going to get a lot of game time going through the middle. But because Ronaldo's obviously going to play up front, isn't he? 
So does that push Greenwood back out wide left, wide right, somewhere? So we'll see. Um, I've got. I mean, do you want to do you want to talk about the cricket, Simon? Or... I've got. I've, I've got a. Um, I've got a board game style question for you, Ross. Which... Oh, let's get no. Let's get today. to that. Yeah, I'll be up for that. <laughs> yeah, a board game so, style question. Board. I've got two. I've got a board game style question and a sitcom style question. Um, now, this was on uh, Richard Osmond's House of Games, so you very well might have already seen this question. Oh, I've not, I'm not seen it for a while. Uh, well, I'm hoping that you've not seen it today then. Um, so, this is, um, and now I've got to try and find the best way to describe this. So, um, there is two answers. So, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you four statements. Yeah, each statement has a number attached to it. Yeah, um, and then I need two numbers out of those four statements that equals thirty-seven. So I'm hoping when I start talking to you about it, you'll understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So here are the four statements. So was this on question, tonight? Uh, it was on Dave tonight. Seen it. Uh, <laughs> Is this about monopoly board spaces, connect four spaces, yeah. rooms in a Cluedo board? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll do another one. I've got a quiz. Go on then. Uh, so these are can you name these players to come back and haunt their former clubs? Obviously, with Ronaldo, uh, uh, people going away and then coming back and playing against former clubs. Can we name some transfers that happened and then they've, they've gone and scored against their former clubs? So I'll give you a clue. You've got to tell me who it relates to. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Uh, number one, scored for Manchester City against Arsenal and ran the length of the pitch to talk Adebayo. to the fans after scoring. Of course he did. One yes, of the great celebrations. One, one of the great, great Premier League moments. Uh, two, celebrated his Manchester derby goal for City by cupping his ears after being annoyed by some of Gary Neville's pre-match quotes. Tevez? Tevez. Carlos Tevez, yeah, well done. Uh, this fullback scored a late winner for Liverpool against Chelsea, having previously played for the Blues. Oh, it's Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson, well done. Terrible right back. Great goal. Uh, <laughs> this Manchester United academy. He would score the occasional really good goal, Glenn Johnson, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He scored a couple of times against Chelsea, actually. Number four, this Manchester United Academy product scored the winner against them in the 2014-15 FA Cup quarter final. Oh, God. <laughs> FA Cup quarter final five years ago. Uh, who was he playing for? Do we know? Well, I can well, like, tell you. Play or not? He played for Arsenal. Oh, Danny, Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck, yeah. Uh, five. This striker scored eleven Premier League goals against Newcastle after leaving St James's Park. Uh, Ferguson. No. Les, Fer- Les Ferdinand. No. Was it Shearer while he was at? Oh no, no. no it was after he left. Yeah, Bellamy. No. That's a good shout. That. Newcastle. Um. Andy Cole. Yes. Yes, yes Andy get, Cole. Let's get worried then, Simon. 
the thing is at the back of my mind I mean, where is where's Danny Welbeck at the moment? Is he still Brighton? Brighton, yeah. Brighton. Uh number six, Manchester United legend famously helped to relegate them in nineteen seventy four with a backfield goal for his new team. Dennis Law. Dennis Law. We, we wish you well. Yes, obviously diagnosed with dementia recently. Uh, seven, this striker left Borussia Dortmund on a Bosman-style free transfer and has since scored 24 goals in 24 games against them. That's Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Uh, the last three will be unbelievable shouts if you get them. Uh, on loan striker scored twice for Monaco against parent club Real Madrid to help knock them out of the 2000... Morientes. Morientes. Didn't even need the competition. Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool legend. This Estonian goalkeeper scored against his former side in the 2003-2004 First Division, now the Championship. Mark Poom. Mark Mark Poom, yes. And then last one. Keeper I've ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, has that been wrong? I I didn't have a (laughs) follow-up answer. (laughs) This former Celtic striker scored 10 all firm goals for Rangers after leaving their Glasgow rivals. Oh, Kenny Miller. Yes. Well done. 10 out of 10. I enjoyed that. There you go. Uh, just while we're on the subject of old firm, it'd be interesting to see how um, Edouard does for Palace. Yeah, it he's will a be. Really, will yeah. a really decent striker. Just exactly what Palace needs. I mean, we, I would have 15 million quid, I would have took him. But there we go. What do I know? What, you're saying you don't rate the uh, goal scoring abilities of Christian Benteke? <laughs> You've seen him up close at scoring two goals at West Ham. Indeed, yeah. He got that one great goal at Old Trafford, and that was it. We still lost that game. So I tell you, after watching, I've watched the highlights of Crystal Palace. That Conor Gallagher, if you allow him to get forward, looks a bit of a threat. Whether he keeps it up over the whole season. He come from he come from Chelsea. Yeah, he's I'm only on loan at Palace, I think, isn't he? No, yeah. I think they bought him. I think they bought no. him. I think they paid twenty odd million quid for him. Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea is so good at selling players. They've they just done it with everyone, don't they? They've just done it with another lad yesterday. I think they've sold him for seventeen million pounds. I've never even heard of him. Sold him to Spartak Moscow, I think. But yeah, Chelsea made a profit this window. Chelsea made more of a profit than Liverpool. Yeah, well, Liverpool can no longer just sell these guys to Bournemouth for 15 million, can they? Now, Bournemouth are out of well, the Premier League. I think the problem is that Harry Wilson money's not till next year. Like Ben Woodburn isn't getting a running players that we were selling to Bournemouth for. Like Dominic Solanke played. What was the, the striker called? Uh, which one? The last one. But when... oh, Brian Brewster, he's finally scored for Sheffield United now. Oh, has he? Yeah. But that's yeah. that was in the championship. That was in the championship. But he played. I mean, he, when he went to Swansea, he, I think he scored. He was banging him in the championship, wasn't he? Yeah. That was that's his value. Um, but yeah, there's Liverpool are just a, a very. I mean, unless we're going to suddenly turn around and sell Harvey Elliott, which I highly doubt. There's not too many youth players that are coming through, which Liverpool are more than happy to. to sell. Nico Williams end up staying. Yeah, stayed. Uh, Reese Williams has gone out on loan. He, Nat Phillips signed a new contract, uh, and Nico contract as well. So I think they're hoping um, 
They're obviously hoping that somebody will come in for them. How, how Nat Phillips hasn't got a move, I've absolutely no idea. But he's going to he'll still end up staying at Liverpool for and probably get the League Cup games. I would, I would have, I would have thought, unless unless a disaster happens and they all get injured again. So we'll wait and see. I mean, nobody. I mean, Ross Barkley's just started Chelsea. I mean, I thought I thought Villa would have. Villa obviously. Yeah, yeah. well, he was friendly with Burnley at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, Aaron Lennon's signed back for Burnley. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine being a Burnley fan, <laughs> re signing someone you didn't want the first time round. <laughs> well, they've signed Christ, that guy from things Leon. Things get more desperate today. They've signed that left back or left sided midfielder from yeah. Leon, aren't they? Max the Max boy, how corner. did I convince him to go? Yeah, how, how do you sell Burnley? Yeah, yeah. What 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 our fans what our fans do is we boo the anti-racism gesture that our players make. And I know you're a young black footballer, so come and play for us. Yeah. I mean, he must have. He must just not have Google Translate or something. On. They must. <laughs> they must what have Google search, and he would have. Yeah, they've clearly, yeah. they've clearly flown in by Manchester Airport, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were just outside Manchester. Yeah, this is where this is being great at Manchester, mate. Yeah, not red and blue, not red or blue, <laughs> red and blue. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait and see. Burn the right, well, it's been it's been great chatting. Yeah. Always a joy. I'm gonna go I and mean, look forward to all the. Darling children coming back to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Have a nice sleep. Ready for that. Goodbye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.